welcome to Lemons Out of Lemonade, uh, the first episode. I'm so excited and I'm super grateful that y'all are listening, that you're here. I might not know you, I might really know you, and I just want you to know that I appreciate you <laughs> for being here and supporting me and uh, I mean, at least at the beginning, I don't know if you're going to like the whole thing, but yeah, <laughs> thanks for coming and being willing to listen. This episode is called College Blackness and Instagram Allies. Um, I put this one together specifically to talk about um, how to be an ally in this age, how to be an ally to other 20-somethings, how to be an ally in college, what does that look like, where are the shortfalls, and like, where are we really excelling, um, and as a Black community of young people, like, what do we want, like, what do we expect from people, and um, particularly white people, um, and where can we check ourselves in areas also, like, where are we not necessarily holding up our end of the deal in terms of allyship to other communities, so I really enjoy putting this one together. I'm sitting with five like super amazing leaders on campus. If y'all don't know them, you should know them. Um, I'm really grateful that they were able to do this with me too and that they agreed to just give up their time. So I could go on and on, but I'm just gonna start it. Hello everyone, my name is Hassan. My pronouns are he, him, his. I'm a cisgender, um, African-American, queer male. What's up y'all, I am Daniel. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. <laughs> I am a cisgender black woman. <laughs> hey everyone, my name is Ebenezer. My pronouns are he, him, and his. Um, I am a cisgender heterosexual male. And I'm also Nigerian. Mm -hmm. Hi, everyone. My name is Callie. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I am a cisgender, straight, black woman. And my name is Lexi Robinson, your lovely host. (laughs) (laughs) And I am a cisgender, straight, black woman. So we just listened to an interview with Feminista Jones. I think we were all pretty touched by it. And some different questions about allyship and what that means. Um, I wanted to put this episode together specifically to talk about allyship to the Black community in all of its forms, given the diversity in the room of Blackness, um, as well as just what that looks like for our generation, social media-wise, clout-wise, canceling-wise, what we think is appropriate, what we think is inappropriate, some challenges we have within our community and understanding people trying to understand us and also challenges of people trying to understand us and what those rules should look like. So I will just open the floor up to thoughts about the interview. I thought it was very interesting. Like, the thing that stuck out the most to me was her question when she said, are you willing to die, you know, for Black Mm -hmm. liberation? I feel like that's the best question, like, to me personally, that you could ask somebody if they're like a true ally or co-conspirator or whatever term you want to choose. Like she said, it's all semantics. Mm-hmm. So like asking that is like, damn, like where do I stand? Mm-hmm. You know, you could ask ourselves the same thing when we, um, we could ask ourselves the same things when like encountering like different spaces we don't occupy too. Cause you know, like, yes, I'm black, 
Uh, yes, I'm a male, but uh, but I am a straight male, and I have um, privileges too. So it's like when she asked me that, it's like I asked myself the question. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, about other spaces in which I don't occupy. So I was like, wow, where do I stand? You get what I'm saying? No, yeah. Yeah. I definitely question my allyship or like, how am I allied to other people? And then like, <coughs> shoot, am I willing to die for my own rights? Mm-hmm. Like, I want to say yes. Cause like, duh. Like, um, <laughs> there's plenty of situations where it doesn't matter if I'm like fighting for my right to live or anything, but like my life is still on the line. But like when I'm really in that zone, like I'm about to like, I don't know, like go to this protest or whatever. Like, am I willing to die if I'm there? Like, if something pop off, it's will I be ready to take that kind of like that possible consequence? Like, whew. <laughs> 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 um. Like, how much work do I have to do? Like, what is considered a good amount of work to be considered a good ally? Mm -hmm. Like, do I have to be, like, on the front line for every other oppressed identity? Like, every group? Like, that's draining. Like, it's draining for me to even be on the front line for my own self. Mm -hmm. So, like, if I want to be an ally for other communities, like... Like that's that's a lot. Or the idea that to be an ally to other communities, you have to take on their burden yeah. as if you would be able to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a misconception of allyship or I guess lending a helping hand or being a co-conspirator, but not trying to take on that feeling mm-hmm. that another group that you have no you know connection to would. I know my issue with the white population in in general or people that I've interacted with is that assumption that they can feel what I'm feeling or Mm -hmm. that they oh yeah girl I know because and there's always like a reason why they somehow understand me Mm -hmm. in a in a way that even some black women don't understand me Mm -hmm. like like, like I came from you know a upper middle class background I lived and went to school with white people. We didn't really want for a whole lot. And there are people that look just like me that were in completely different socioeconomic situations. And mm-hmm. I can't relate to them on that level. And I would never try. I would never think, like, even if I work for economic justice, and, like, I did that over the summer, um, I would never feel like I could empathize. I guess I could empathize, but I couldn't understand. Like, using the word understand and feeling like you have to pick up those burdens mm-hmm. is, it just makes it inauthentic yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. It's just not real. You don't get me. Mm-hmm. You think you do for whatever reason, but you don't. The part that stood out for me was when they, um, when you were talking about um, being unsung, like so many people that are, those co-conspirators and actually doing the work are actually not even people that we are acknowledging. Mm-hmm. Um, people that we see day to day they're the people that are actually going home on thanksgiving and like telling their bigoted family that you know look at this differently because of the experiences that i've had because i've you know done this and um this thing and i think a lot of people um a lot of white people come to college 
and they're liberated from their families Mm -hmm. and their family ideals but and they go back to their families um and they're content with like what their family's thinking Mm -hmm. and they continuously stay in that cycle of like hearing what their parents are saying maybe their white parents are saying the n-word if their parents are saying nigga um and they don't say anything like but they still come to school and they like you know Mm -hmm. i'm going out for these protests or i'm I'm going to the meetings and i'm doing this and it's like I'd rather you not do anything. Like, I'd rather you just not come to me with any of it Mm -hmm. if you're not going to go home and tell the people that are, like, that is ingrained in them. Like, I'd just rather you just keep it all. And that's just how I feel with it. And so I think a lot of the the work that people do is without people seeing it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that goes with, like, anything in life. You just have to do it your own um, without being acknowledged. And if you can't be... if If you have to be acknowledged... Um, with doing your work, then you're not you're not you're not doing it for a real reason, and that's what I really got from that, and I really acknowledge it for myself that I know so many people like that that are are content with what they're they've grown up in, mm-hmm. and are just gonna let it continue to happen. It's like, am I going to coddle them? Am I gonna be like, oh yeah, it's hard it's your to family, like it's you your know. family, it's hard <laughs> to not go home financially supporting you. Or am I going to be like, well, you can just stay over there and I'll continue to do what I do. And it's like a hard question to ask because it's just like I'm surrounded by people like that. I found it really interesting as well. Um, when they were talking about the like being being recognized for the things that you do, because we, we very much so live in a culture where people want that recognition and not because that's how they feel appreciated even you know, like you have different ways people appreciate it in your job, whether it's, you know, somebody saying thank you or I notice you, different things like that. Mm-hmm. It's not even for those kind of reasons, just because like it's for clout. You know, it's like, oh, people will know me. They'll know I'm cool. They'll know this, this, and that. And it's I'm like, woke. <laughs> yeah, I'm woke. I'm woke. <laughs> and it's like, but you're not. <laughs> and it's it's so it's so incredibly interesting because do, people do want to be thanked. For things that they should already be doing. Period. <laughs> I was talking to my friend the other day, and he was talking, we were talking about relationships. And he was like, "You know, <laughs> dude, you know, saying, you know, I'm faithful or whatever." I'm like, "As you should be." <laughs> and like, and I love him to death, but it was, it, it was, you know, it, it, it really put, it really put it in perspective for me that that there are. We get lost in this world sometimes. The things that we should be doing daily, the ways in which we should be acting, we don't. We don't, and um, it 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 becomes a huge philosophical discussion when it shouldn't be like, oh, well, what does it mean to be kind? It means don't be a jerk. Yeah, that's correct. what it means. Correct. Oh, why must we be kind? Because you you wouldn't want anyone to be rude to you. Like, why? How is that even a question? How is it even a question to act out of love and to act out of kindness and care for others? Mm-hmm. Like, how is it even a question to respect someone else's dignity and their, who they are? Mm-hmm. That's that's so it's so very fascinating that, that it has to even no, be thought about. Oh, really? We we need to be respectful to others. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Especially because we're like in the age of social, uh, social media. And like we get that instant gratification when we post a picture or when we tweet something, mm-hmm. and we can we can measure 
the the amount like the traction of it because we can see it mm-hmm. and i think a lot of time like back 50 years ago there was no instant gratification of like if i do this people are going to see it and like it and that's going to affirm that i can continue to do this mm-hmm. like we we get affirmed so much about like what we're doing because yeah. we put it out in the ether and people are like this is good yeah. that if we don't hear that this is good from strangers, right. we yeah. won't continue mm-hmm. to do it. But it's like, these are people that don't know you for real. So it's like, what do you, why do you care that they're not like retweeting or why do you care that they're not like reposting? Um, just, that's just because we grow up in that and it's so crazy that that's like, that's how we get into this, like the, the debate of like allyship or like um, yeah. co-conspirator because people don't have to put in the work anymore mm-hmm. and not be seen because everyone is seen all the time. Because you can just Google and find everything. So it's like mm-hmm. crazy. I do think, um, Callie, you were making a good point. And I was thinking about this when we were listening to the article. I think it's kind of sad that like the definition of being an ally or whatever, helping out co-conspiracy or conspirator, lending a hand, all that fun stuff. Um, like the definition is so base level. Like, you're an ally just because you're being a decent human being and not a shitty person. Like, me telling my great-grandpa that he shouldn't be racist and sexist and sexually harassing people, like, that shouldn't be being an ally. Being an ally should be taking an extra step, in my opinion. So what part of, like, my little notes and everything (laughs) for this um, is developing an allyship is more than list while we're here? Um... I think particularly some experiences that I've had that have kind of driven the concept for this entire podcast is just people who really think they're doing something yeah, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. who are so excited to talk to you and so engaged and yeah, and I've been reading this and I'm trying to do this and there's just a a gap. Mm -hmm. There's like an inauthenticity about it. There's a, I feel not even like bad mm-hmm. but it's hard yeah. because mm-hmm. I'm a person who likes to talk about things like this mm-hmm. but there are several people that look just like us that would be like nah not mm-hmm. trying to do that yeah. not trying to have a conversation with you not trying to teach you I'm not going to be your educator and there are some days I'm not trying to be nobody educator I'm trying yeah. to go to class yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally just trying to get mm-hmm. to class so I don't trying to understand that allyship is more than um, like this is kind of a drastic one, but like more than having a black significant other. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Or a POC significant other. In like, general. In general. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. 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 Right. Black like child. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So just thoughts on yeah, on that, anyone. building that list. Like it's more than to an extent. So you you didn't check the box. Yeah. Good for you. Congratulations. <laughs> but it's more than that. And you don't get a pass. Like getting past passing because mm-hmm. I feel very strongly in my communications with people. It's like just enough to relate and then withdraw or like a, just enough to relate with you here in this moment through whatever facet I see that. So like through language, mm-hmm. which is huge um, or just like phraseology also goes with language, but just a demeanor, a vernacular, something like that, enough to relate and then mm-hmm. to go back into my community and act completely differently. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's acceptable. Mm-hmm. 
I consider you trying to pass as an ally or a co-conspirator, but not actually doing the work. Mm-hmm. So thoughts on on that? I do think another one that just reminded me of is when people, um, I used to get a lot of, uh, I'd say, oh, I'm biracial, and people would ask, like, oh, like, what? And I'd say, oh, I'm just black and white, you know, people would say, oh, you know, I love black people's hair. Or like, oh, like, you're pretty for a mixed girl, like, stuff like that, like, it's going to help, like, almost like you're an ally, like, oh, I'm nice to black people, but then also, I'm just kind of undermining you just a little bit behind mm-hmm. your back. Mm-hmm. We love a microaggression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we love a microaggression. A microaggression. Sometimes they be macro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 Like yes. big mac. Big macro. I think for me, allyship is more than just white guilt. Mm-hmm. Like your guilt, your your feeling of guilt is not you being an ally to me. Like mm-hmm. you being sad mm-hmm. about what your ancestors did to my ancestors is not, you know, being there for me. Like I get it. Like I'm sad. Like we all <laughs> say, like, I'm not gonna be happy. Like nobody is happy about this entire situation. But it's just like just you crying about it or like feeling some type of way, like some type of melancholy isn't helping anything. So it's like, I would rather, I just, I don't know, I just rather you not. Like, okay, like I understand, okay, you're sad. Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> so sad yeah. about it, you know? Yeah. So I think it's just more than just being guilty about like what your forefathers did, you know? Yeah, I feel that. I think mm-hmm. it's more than following us on social media. Like, part of the social justice trend, it used to be kind of going out and teaching people face-to-face, like, Mm -hmm. going into communities and, you know, doing riots and stuff. Like, we're talking 50s and 60s, kind of, not riots, but, like, protests. And educating people and standing up for yourselves in a different time. And now, because of how connected we are through social media people feel like they have a perceived understanding of communities through social media. So just because you follow a black girl or you follow one of those little hair pages, you know what I mean? Like you, you follow the uh, sportswear company or something that is black has Mm -hmm. been labeled black or right. Yeah. That's been labeled black. Then that's not enough because Mm -hmm. you're not getting a true or authentic I mean, it's an authentic representation if it's mm-hmm. black made and it's by black people, but there's still that trying to generalize an yeah. entire group of people through one account. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's or, more nuanced. We're all more nuanced. Right. Yeah. Or two school. accounts. Yeah. Which is insulting. Yeah. When you come talk to me, do you follow so and so? No, I no. don't. Follow so and so. Different curl pattern. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Like, what do you mean? Like, she's definitely four C. So. <laughs> <laughs> vernacular you 
read things you know like you know what i mean like literally on the basics like Mm -hmm. basic human activity that is somehow out of the realm of blackness being tested by white people consistently Mm -hmm. on how black i'm supposed to be not even black Mm -hmm. people and we good for testing some people. Yeah. What's your, you don't know that? Oh, you ain't even really black. That's a whole different situation. <laughs> oh, that is okay. a whole other yeah, thing. Right. Blackness. Right. To be at a point where you feel like you have absorbed enough information yeah. through whatever, yeah. obviously not talking to me, mm-hmm. to be able to then test me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's more than yeah. that. That's it. Yeah. That, <sighs> you just remind me, have you ever had, like, especially white people with curly hair, say, like, oh, I understand. Yeah. Oh, yes. oh, sick. <laughs> I had a white person once asked me if my hair was curly. She like, did you get a perm? I was like, oh, ma'am, no. We don't know. Like, that does the opposite for my okay hair. Okay, to have pinky hair? Yeah. yeah. Okay, just as wavy. What <laughs> She's like, well, yeah, your skin's pretty dark. So, and I can't remember any other part of that conversation. Yeah, it don't even matter. It don't, I, was, I can't even give you real context. Because I did. I yeah. was like, yeah, excuse me? Macro. Right. It was like, well, you know, you're pretty. Conversation, right? I've said about my coloring, my a colorist, mm-hmm. and my. But it was like, who are you? Why are you telling me this? Why did you feel the need to tell me something about myself? And you walked away from that conversation and didn't think anything of it. Yeah. You don't think you're a racist. I'm not gonna say that the girl's a racist, but like, for, you just walked away and you lived your whole life. That happened to me. Mm. She was like a senior, so I must have been. A freshman? Wow. Yeah. In college? Not college, in high school. Freshman or sophomore? So I was like 14. 15. This 18 year old grown woman talking about, I mean, you're pretty dark. I was like, oh, excuse you. (laughs) First of all, like, my foundation is 345. (laughs) I will have you know. (laughs) But I do not, I don't understand. It's funny what other people see as important to our culture versus what we see as important mm-hmm. to our culture. Yeah. Because I, I also grew up in a predominantly white school system. So I remember being in middle school and overhearing a girl say, well, I wear hoop earrings and lip gloss, so I'm black. Oh. And I was like, <laughs> 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 so, so my culture, my, my race 
is defined, it's so simple, it's defined by makeup and accessories. That's so not true. (laughs) No one is defined by that. And it just, it's icky. It's icky, and it's icky how, like you said, after that, they just go on with their day, like, no big deal. You, You have... It's it's a it, that is the white privilege. You have the ability to go on with your day and be unbothered by it. While 15, 20, however many years later, we are still thinking about right. these incidents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. But you don't consider yourself, even if you don't consider yourself an ally, right? So some of these people we're talking about just don't care. <laughs> they just live their lives. Right. They don't think they're that's, racist, and that's all that matters. Right. Because if they were to think they were racist, that would mean something different, or somebody would have called them that. It would be the end of the world. It would be a huge deal. Mm. Not to say that the word isn't strong and that it has been used and misused, mm. I think, on occasion. I think it's, and again, we can talk about the definition because I'm still confused. Um, but the idea that, like, you just you just go on and there's nothing. There are people who are, are trying and who are really considering some of these interactions and are still messing up mm-hmm. is that okay it's okay for them to mess up mm-hmm. everyone makes mistakes right yeah. so it, I, I will never say it, it it is not okay for someone to mess up but own that mistake mm-hmm. own it because if i say i'm offended by it or that word or how you said it hurt me mm-hmm. I don't want to hear the response well why did it hurt you or I didn't mean to yeah. or I didn't mean like, to like it doesn't matter what you meant to do I'm still over here hurt so mm-hmm. yeah let's let have that conversation be be strong enough be humble enough to have that conversation why why did it hurt you I didn't mean that but you have to also recognize intention doesn't equal impact so just because you didn't have the intention to hurt me doesn't mean that you didn't. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they people need I think people need to recognize that. Yeah. I agree. One of the articles I sent was um it was basically like your intention doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I thought was interesting cuz I had a conversation with a professor who I'm hoping to have on like the next episode of this actually, but I was telling her for me I think because I grew up with white people around a lot, like teaching me, playing sports with me, yeah. sitting in classes with me, it wasn't foreign to to play that game. Mm-hmm. I didn't really think it was a game. I just was kind of like, this is how I interact with yeah. the people like that I'm around. Um, so for me to to address intent has been something that I taught myself mm-hmm. because I didn't want to be angry all the time right i didn't want to feel offended all the time i didn't want to believe that all of these people who quote unquote care about me or you know like, oh, i love lexi she i'm talking about people at church I'm, ta- I'm talking about you know people in every facet of my life socially that intent for me was like a i don't even know the word like a a safety net, a regulator of my emotion, of what I was feeling, what I was thinking, to keep me together. Because yeah. people just be talking. They just they just talk. And there's no... And you can tell a person who is intentionally, maliciously trying to do something to you and make you feel some type of way. Those people obviously have no, you know, this is what I'm coming for you. <laughs> but 
when you sit with, <laughs> when you sit with people and they say like the little the little microaggressions mm-hmm. right that we were talking about mm-hmm. they're wrong 100% wrong for saying them am i going to get worked up and cuss you out and do all that i can't do that all the time yeah, yeah. i can't do that all the time mm-hmm. so i was talking to her and i was saying that and she was like it really hurts me that she said racism is a white issue and so racism was a white people problem and white people need to fix it and talk about it and figure it out amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. It's not something that black people or people of color in general should have to regulate. Mm-hmm. And so for me, speaking with her, this is a white woman, mm-hmm. that I shouldn't have to regulate myself, but I will continue to do that. And I can't say that I wouldn't intentionally or unintentionally raise my kids to do the same almost as like a psychological safety net like mm-hmm. you know people say and do what they you know yeah and you got to pick your ba- like the pick your battles like am i really about to yeah. over this every single time and then you walk away emotional and that person can walk away emotional or just not care yeah. and you're I- stressed yeah, I think it, it also is just like a defense mechanism and like a way that we stay safe because you can't pick and choose. We have to pick and choose our battles, um, especially when you when you think about law enforcement, mm-hmm. um, yeah. regardless of like what they do, we always have to sit and think like, you know, they have a badge, like regardless of if they, you know, made me upset, you know, they, they um, said microaggression or like did anything to me. I have to sit back and be like, I am black, you know? Yep. Is this worth my life, my time, my money, my image? Like, and that's just what we have to do. And and, and they don't. Mm-hmm. Like, there are so many people that do not have to do that. Um, and when I think about, like, being a gay male and being in the queer community, it's, it's so hard to, like, sit and call somebody out on their shit. Like, of course, like, because... You, you, I can blatantly see, like, okay, that was homophobic. Like, that was a homophobic mm-hmm. joke, but it's just so embedded in our society, especially the black community, especially the black community. Um, homophobia is just so embedded in our culture that sometimes I'm like, you know, it's better for me not to just care. It's better for me not just to move on and not have to, you know, hear the backlash. Or, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I don't like, I don't not, not like y'all, like, I'm cool with y'all, like, y'all friends with my girlfriends, like, I, I, you know, and so, (laughs) my cousin gave, like, so it's like, when having to address that, it's like, you know, I feel like it's so crazy, because it's like, you're black, you should get it, like, you are in my marginalized community, like, you're Mm -hmm. black, I'm black, we're POCs together, Um, Mm -hmm. but they don't, and it's like, it's like giving somebody a one-up, Yeah, kind of like, poor white people yeah they're able to mm-hmm. still you know still feel better than us because well i'm white though you know we both in the same neighborhood we both struggling however i'm white so i'm a little bit better than you yeah or i'm a lot bit better. so like i feel like the black community like well i might be black but i ain't gay yeah so i'm not trying to deal with that struggle like that's all yeah i just read an article from i raised with this couple who Class that I facilitated for them. I'm not a class. Oh, I'm a facilitator for that class. Um, wait, am I allowed to talk about that? You 
oh, um, to somebody say, oh, I listen to uh, hip hop, I listen to rap. Like there, there's no risk in that, you know, because <laughs> um, like yeah. what we put out is what's hit. You get what I'm saying? Like it's a blending. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, <clears throat> I think it's like you have to measure. You have to measure um, on a level of risk um, when you're talking about, you know, allyship now and what it would look like now. And coming from, like, a white person that's out asking, well, oh, you know, on a place of, like, hypocrisy, I I don't think, um, like, from the example you gave, it's like a conversation for them to have. Mm. Like a place for them to be able to stand and pick yeah. at everybody else. Yeah. So when it comes to language, this is a big deal. Ebenezer and I have had this conversation a lot about the adoption of language, the use of language as a way of relating to marginalized <laughs> communities. Um, there's some words for me that I... I can't hear from too many people mm-hmm. and not feel uncomfortable, like very uncomfortable. And so there's an argument, do black people own language? Do the LGBTQ plus community own language? Mm-hmm. Is it, do, can we say that these are our words and that they can't say them? I know for me, sister, sister, and girl, low key set me off mm-hmm. with the tone. Yeah. Like when you add the Ooh, tone yeah. into it, <laughs> Yeah. I'm, I, you're through. <laughs> I'm like, you are through. We could, any little kind of relationship we was going to have is through. We're not sisters. Yeah. Sisters, sisters. We're not. Brothers. I'm not your girl. Your bro, like, you're no. right. Yeah. I'm not that. I can't. I think that it's hard to, because of course people can do whatever they want to do. Right. Um, and autonomous people, and I can't control their their their, their tongue. But there, I feel that there is language that is rooted in community. Mm-hmm. That language that has been maybe pushed upon and tried to use to oppress, and now people are using for liberation. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people that have no part and no membership in that community have the right to use yeah. mm-hmm. um you should not i can't say you cannot because you can do whatever you want to do mm-hmm. True. um but you shouldn't you shouldn't you know why would you want to why would you want to like mm-hmm. what is it that's real you know as a method yeah. of showing that you know something yeah. 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 What you mean? Yeah. i need you to know i need you to know yeah. that i'm hip that i watched yeah. the youtube video okay yeah. Just, yeah. and i understand that i'm cool yeah your yeah. hair type I'm is like, 3c yeah like, you know like it's, it's, it's not yeah. <laughs> even sis i've gotten called sis and just been shook yeah but it comes across as you still want to own everything that i have mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think a lot of especially for white people it's like and I've seen this, like, from my mom's side of the family. It's very, um, like, white people are so used to having everything that they can't have one thing. It's mm-hmm. like, well, why can't we have that? Why is it mm-hmm. Yes, a temper tantrum, exactly. Mm-hmm. With literally everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Like, that's what brings me back to the no risk thing. Like, you're, you're at no risk saying, using that language. Or saying, oh, just to say I'm hip. 
like you're at no risk. So um, I can't really call you an ally, a co-conspirator, or whatever term I choose to pick. Cause right. it's like What's that just because <laughs> just because you want me to say, oh, you're hip, oh, he's cool, or she's cool. Come to the cookout, right? Right. right. Like, like what risk are you taking? Like I'm taking an everyday li- risk because of my identity right. and how I come across in this world. Mm-hmm. But you. You're getting the benefits of everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I get from us for for us, it'll be like coming out of this place of holding people accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, but I know how tough that can be for us. You know, coming, you know, like reaching a space in which we have to uh, correct somebody, then uh, correct somebody or about the correct language, what to say mm-hmm. or not to say. You know. Even at times when they might argue, I'm like, "What, my friend, bro? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we always have that one friend." That's what we <laughs> say. Let people say, right? right. Hey, people say I have black friends to say for this bad word. Oh, that makes me so mad. Yeah, representation of, of the entire the community because you will catch the hands okay. of those who disagree <laughs> with that statement. I don't care if it's in a song. You better skip it. Okay, just don't say yeah. it. Like. Those will make our own word. Don't say Wigger. Yeah, don't. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the same the thing. Variation. Yeah. Oh, shit. No, please go ahead. Oh, no. <laughs> I was going to say it reminds me, especially with language, it's just wild to me that people are perfectly fine with, like, appropriating AABE, for example, for their own use, taking words here and there and using it, and then all of a sudden, can you tell the audience what AV, uh, AAVE? I'm gonna write the word after me. Yes. Wait, that's correct, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like for a second, I was like, I'm doubting myself. Um, <laughs> like, um, yeah, it's fine to take African American vernacular English for yourself and use it to be hip and cool. But then, when actual black people are talking in AAVE, it's only uneducated, mm-hmm. and it's not something to be used in the workplace or in school. If you're to talk proper or I'm told a lot you don't talk like a black person okay you're mm-hmm. sorry calling me like you're saying I'm more educated than like black people that speak vernacular like you're AAVE like what does that mean what yeah. does it mean to talk black and why is that such an issue yeah as far as our testing thing that like I experience yeah. literally on all the time it was just like a let's see how black she is you know, in middle school, I mean, everybody just saying, like, for me, where I went to middle school, I didn't think about black versus white versus, I had some nuances, I understood that I was very pro-black as a middle schooler, but it wasn't like, I was so pro-black that I didn't have white friends, mm-hmm. or that, like, I mean, my middle school crew was, it was, uh, she's Japanese and white, uh, another black girl, me, and another black girl and two or three white girls and that was the crew and I was like these are my people and then it seemed like as I got older and went into high school even even like segregation of schools in terms of like academia like mm-hmm. level of education right I'm segregated into AP IB advanced whatever courses mm-hmm. segregates me from a population that very well could handle that curriculum mm-hmm. but is not being given the opportunity for whatever mm-hmm. reason um that sets me apart somehow. So now I'm taken away from that group. I was very fortunate. Like my crew ended up being five of the baddest, most put together black girls in the AP, IB, you know, we was in there, but it was just us. 
And there was no black male representation at all in our cohort, for at all. Mm-hmm. I think for like a semester, there was a boy that was in there, and then after that, he left. Um, not sure why, I don't know if it was a grades thing or anything like that. But just feeling like very fortunate to have had them, because that next cohort did not. And mm-hmm. one of our friends in our group is in that cohort, and just her, hearing her experience of like being the only person in a room and having to be tested to be a representation and then also to, to trying to gauge herself on a daily basis we were having like we had a theory of knowledge class where we just sat and talked about politics and social justice and all kinds of stuff that's rough when the whole class is white mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. like what are, <laughs> I'm like what are you talking about when the teacher is white the whole class is white you got one two brown people in total mm. include like black brown in total maybe in the whole place what are y'all talking about? And how are you not going to automatically, you know, scapegoat my girl sitting in the corner just trying to graduate? Yeah. Just trying to graduate. But the misuse of language and just being tested on, like, who you are, who are you? Oh, you black, but you're not really black because you hang out with us or you do whatever. Not to say that we don't judge black people who do hang out with white people intentionally as like less than yes. black. Yeah. I mean, cause sometimes you're like, so do I'm definitely uh what is it? I sometimes I do be thinking like, so you black, you keep straightening your hair, you hanging out with white people, do you love yourself? Is there some identity crisis happening here? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like and I'd be questioning it. Um definitely somebody who feels like they're tested too. Mm-hmm. That's true. I do. It's crazy because uh, I had a conversation with somebody about this um, regarding like straightening hair and whatnot, and how like now we have like a stereotypical uh, look of what pro black should look like. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, right. And that's dangerous too. Like yeah. we have to be aware with ourselves. Like um, I realize ways in which I was faulty in this too. You know. <laughs> not always associating uh, straight hair to not being pro-black or somebody that flat irons their hair to not being pro-black. Because like, how, at that point, like, what are we defining blackness as? You get what I'm saying? But with the, you know, hanging out and not choosing for some said reason, definitive reason um, that you have, that I do question. Does the search for the definition of blackness amongst us, I guess, not challenge, but make allyship more difficult? Yeah, because every black person doesn't want the same thing. Every person of color doesn't necessarily always feel oppressed. Like, right. just because of some of the different privileges. So, like, what I want in an ally might not be what Callie wants in an ally because, like, I don't feel like I'm oppressed in that area or, like, I need help or, like, uh, but, like, she might. And, like, that's okay. But, like, definitely, like, just our self-discovery on, like, who we are, what do we need, what does it mean to be a black person living in America? Like, I definitely think 
defining what allyship is shapes that and why the definition isn't consistent like what we need isn't consistent so then what do we expect that's a good question <laughs> you know from yeah. white people our age yeah. in particular older white people not that I'm like forget y'all but I think it's a different conversation yeah. what do we expect from our peers mm-hmm. how is the expectation I don't think that it could be consistent obviously given mm-hmm. the variation but what do we want respect mm-hmm. just like like human decency like and I know that respect can look different for di- like everyone it's just to be able to sit and listen like you don't i i think something that irks me the most is when you're having the deep conversation with well i'll speak for myself when i'm having deep conversation with a white person and then we get to a tough spot where i'm talking about my experience and they check out and i'm like whoa this is the important part because this is this is what I went through. This is what someone said to me. This is what someone did. This is why I'm talking about it. And the pushback with it, like, oh, that's like, like it's too much. Mm-hmm. Well, it's my life. Right. So don't ask me the questions if you don't want to know. Because yeah. that's just going to piss me off. <laughs> it's just going to irk me. If you want to know, if you want to be there for me, if you want to be in that space with me, be present with me. Because, sorry, I'm hungry. Uh, <laughs> um, it, it's like, I, I, I so deeply try to sit there and listen and take in someone's story with anyone I listen to. I, I want to I want to understand. And while I may not be able to understand the level that you do, because I might not have the same experiences as you, I'm going to do my damnedest to sit there and be like, okay, I hear you and I'm here for you. Even if I don't say anything, even if you just need me to listen. And I, I, I want the same. And I feel like that, that takes us back into that conversation of when, like, oh, well, how are you, like, are, are we different? Are we hypocrites? You know, when it comes to what, what white people do when they fall short and what people of color do when we fall short. I think, when I think about that, I was like, I, I, like you said, like, yes, we all need to hold ourselves accountable. Yes. But it, what if it's the work that you can't see? Because I definitely sit with my friends in the Latinx community and talk, and we're like, hey, I'm like, hey, what does that look like for you? Because mm-hmm. there, there isn't a large population of them here on our campus. I'm like, yeah. what kind of support do you need? When my friend is gushing about his culture and the, you know, the things that bring him joy from his culture, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm intently listening and taking it in and trying to retain that information for the next time I interact with him. Yeah. And I ask him about it. Like, be intentional. That's what that's what I want. <laughs> I want intentionality. I don't want clout. I don't want oh look, I'm talking to Callie because you know she black and I love black women. Mm. Mm. No, yeah, <laughs> it's nothing that makes me so more uncomfortable <laughs> than the man that comes to me. You know I love black women. Who? <laughs> Wait, that <laughs> came on a little strong, buddy. <laughs> it makes me so uncomfortable because wh- why? That's my next question. Why do you uh, love me? Wow. Or why is this important to you? Okay, you're an ally. You wanna you wanna learn some things. Why? Why do you wanna learn some things? Is there a psychological need that you need to fill? Do you feel bad 
back to that conversation. Mm-hmm. Are you guilty right. about something that you did, didn't do, might have said, didn't say, granddaddy said, ancestor right. did, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so what is it? Like charity work. Right. Mm-hmm. Is there a, a, a feeling? Like, I'm in a, a social sciences major, and I was sitting in class, and I was frustrated with this conversation that we had because it was, the room is, there's two people of color. No, 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 no. Let me stop saying that. I'm not even going to list a number because I have to go through the whole class in my head. But a, a margin, a small margin, very small, like mm-hmm. uh, in this class, probably full of like 40 or so people. Um, and we were ta- discussing social justice and what nonprofits and why, why we're passionate and blah, blah, blah. And everybody's very passionate. These are probably some of the, you know, the liberal hip people, quote unquote. They, mm-hmm. That's how they might describe themselves. And it was frustrating to listen to them set themselves apart from the rest (laughs) of their population in a way. Well, I want to do this because I feel, and this is wrong. And, you know, those people that just don't know or that just haven't been. And there's a girl in particular that I have to work very closely with. um, And I struggle to communicate with her because I don't want to dismiss her I don't know, attempt, I guess, or her feelings. She feels very strongly that where she grew up, she benefited a lot because she was a minority in her community and that she was a minority in her school. I dislike it being communicated in a way that people who weren't raised that way are somehow less than you. You are somehow better. You have been bettered by that situation, but you are not better than other white people that have grown up in majority populations or haven't lived around minority people or people of color or other minorities and marginalized groups you don't stand apart to me yeah i'm not giving you a pass right you don't check any boxes you still a white girl there's a lot of even deeper in that situation like you're white going to school and like a majority black community whatever you're benefiting okay your act Mm. scores your sat scores gonna skyrocket they're going to look at you excelling over all of these other people of color. And so you're going to get all the scholarships and all that stuff. It's you playing the game, whether you know it or not. Like, you're still benefiting from, like, our resources and everything. So, I mean, you got the culture, you know, a little bit. But you still benefited, you know. Right. From in whatever, way. like, that kind of environment. A lot of people think the system like that. But if you went to where you were not the minority or you were with people just like you you went to all white school like you probably would be average you know just because like how the educational system is set up i really liked your your question from a ways back um about uh defining blackness and how it can affect allyship mm-hmm. and i've been sitting here thinking about like the vastness of trying to define blackness mm-hmm. and um when you're talking about allyship and then uh, when it's on the borderline of like someone being an ally or somebody uh, cult switching or like mm-hmm. cultural appropriating, it's hard to think about what defines blackness. Um, when I'm thinking about like getting offended or if someone offends me, uh, if they're like cult switching or something like that, it's about thinking about like, why is that? why is that what I think blackness is? 
mm-hmm. or if they're speaking a certain a certain way or if they're doing this certain thing um or if they're acting ghetto or something like that mm-hmm. why do i associate that with my blackness and i think when when it goes person to person because all we all experience blackness differently mm-hmm. i think it's like um some people may not get offended by certain things because they don't define that as their blackness Correct. and they're yeah. and they don't associate that that negative connotation or whatever they they were doing with themselves and I, so i think that it's when you think about like who people associate themselves with her in the video when we were listening and she was talking about like um a white a black person saying oh yeah you're you like i say that they're an ally um, and then her saying that that's not what she defines as an ally or she doesn't define that. It's like, it's very nuanced. It, I don't know. This is me just saying that it's so like vast. Like, I can't say that I'm offended by something and Riley is not going to be offended by that because we experience blackness in two different ways and we have different values that we associate with our blackness. Um, I don't know. It just, I was thinking about it. Yeah. Um, it being very hard to like define that. And when I think of holding people accountable, mm-hmm. calling people to the carpet, like, exactly. okay, and you, and you, and then you can step back and you're like, wow, there's so much variation in what yeah. I think versus somebody else or somebody else. And if I were to have compassion for people, majority, and people of majority populations, white people in particular, it would be in that area. Yeah. Honestly. In the well-intentioned, trying, doing their homework, doing the silent work, to be confronted with that idea every day that you interact with somebody and you've done your homework, you continually do the work, you're never going to get there. Yeah. You're never going to get there. That is something. Yeah. I don't know. It's not like I feel bad. Yeah. But if I were to have a little bit of empathy mm-hmm. for a situation not to equate but that would be where it where it is because they're never going to get there but like we're never going to get that 400 years back of slavery so it's like i'm sad you're never going to feel me on a molecular level mm-hmm. but like people are dead mm-hmm. people were owned you know so it's yeah. like People are dying. People are dying. Yeah. Like, like, I'm sorry that you, like, it makes me feel bad, but it's just like, damn. Right. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Shit is not sweet. Like, people, nothing is sweet. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. And it's like, dang. Like, I have to be that. But it's just like, there are people that can't even be sorry anymore because they are laid to rest Mm -hmm. because of this. Mm -hmm. So it's like, steep. (laughs) I was thinking about because this comes up for me all the time so I was thinking about allyship in terms of like systemic racism um, and how a lot of people claim to be allies or co-conspirators or whatnot Um, for example in like the workplace people will claim to be an ally but then not want to do the work to maybe change the fact that you're not allowed to wear your natural hair at work or um, they say they're an ally and all of a sudden I can't get the day off 
to celebrate Kwanzaa with my family. Mm-hmm. I can't get Juneteenth off because my family celebrates Juneteenth. <laughs> um, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, I went, sorry, I went to, um, <laughs> At work, I was like, happy Juneteenth. I knew they wouldn't go no. <laughs> you know, I knew they wouldn't go no. But I was like, happy Juneteenth. They're like, happy Monday. Or, you know, like, <laughs> happy Juneteenth. Whatever they're like, you know, so. Well, it's all good. Everybody wants to address, like, individual racism, but nobody wants to address systemic racism. And that even goes to, like, advertising images and TV images, how back in the 90s, it was bad. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it was, like, unusual to wear hoops and um, have big hips and big lips and all that stuff. And now all of a sudden it's popular. And it's popular to be tan, but it's still not okay to be dark-skinned. Oh, and when I think about, like, systemic things, putting people back on, like, on on a race level... um, when I think about it, like, on a college campus level, mm-hmm. like, when you're thinking about, like, oh, faculty members and so many people that are, like, higher up on the system, on the total pro in college, love to see diversity and they want to see diversity. And they're, like, begging for it. But they they continuously, like, advertise these leadership roles only in white communities. Mm-hmm. Only, in, mm-hmm. only in places where only people that are white will benefit. Yeah. And it's, like... You want all of this change, but you're not actually being a co-conspirator. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. telling the people that live in a certain area that may not be white about these things. Or, like, you know, putting up the poster in, you know, a place where not, you know, Latinx people are and not just white people. Mm-hmm. And not where, like, their spaces are all the time. Um, and so it's like, when you think about, like, systemic things, it's like, they want this change. But it's like, we're, you know, I'm only going to, like, I'm going to tell my recruiters of my school to, you know, go to this school that has a very um, high population of white people that are already um, well off and already are, you know, upper middle class mm-hmm. about these type of scholarships and these type of mm-hmm. um, opportunities mm-hmm. that we can have. And then when we look at a population that, you know, people that are benefiting from this scholarship mm-hmm. and it's all white people and we're wondering, why is this? <laughs> why is this? Well, you only told people that were white in their school districts about these opportunities. But then when you go to like different sides of campus and you're like, why don't they know about it? Well, did you did you go? Did you tell your people to go to those communities where there are people that could actually benefit from these scholarships, from these, from these places that, from these activities that they could do to get involved? Um, but they don't and they wonder and, but it's like, they, maybe they don't want to. Maybe they don't want to tell their recruiters to go, you know, go to Detroit. Like, tell these little inner city kids that, you know, it's it's a scholarship that, that, that can really benefit them because they don't got no money. I know. <laughs> go to the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Tell these people that already have money that there's even more money for them to take. And then put them all in the same place. To live. To live. Yeah. On campus. And benefit from each other's access and knowledge of... That's what I've always been confused yeah. about our grow. our school. Yes. Our, our institution. <laughs> <laughs> as it relates to the segregation. Yeah. Meaningful mm. and intentional segregation mm. of this school. Yes. Mm-hmm. So given um, one of my positions as someone with a certain ability... To do things physically very well. Um, I, I was placed in this 
this living environment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because of that. I had access yeah. to that mm-hmm. group of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's why I was here. But I was innately in doing that segregated from where they put the people that look like me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. they put the people who look like me in this particular part of our yeah. campus yeah. as mm-hmm. a means of developing some type of home, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's like we're building a community on this campus so that the people that come from these communities can yes. come to campus and still feel at home. But if I didn't have access at home, putting me in a group of people who didn't have access on campus still yes. leaves me with no access. Absolutely no access. And then to put certain people, right? Okay, you want me to feel at home, but I can't be at home because of a certain part of myself yeah. and mm-hmm. obligation and opportunity. Yeah. And so I was placed in a building segregated from people who looked like me and had yeah. a completely different experience, mm-hmm. both traumatic and, and otherwise yeah. living here. I got, I got two things. So like, um, to be back off of all of that, I just think about my experience with like entrepreneurship is my minor and they have these dialogue days in which they I get they vote on who they want to bring into the classes to mm-hmm. speak about their entrepreneurship endeavors and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's always like white males, you know? And I'm like, so y'all literally like y'all dropped the ball because like y'all could have brought any anybody mm-hmm. for the for this entire week or whatever to speak to us and it could have been a person that looks like me. Mm-hmm. But you chose not. So you literally just reinforced that to be successful, you have to be this white male mm-hmm. because it's business. You feel me? And then, what was my other thing? Oh, wait, like, access to, like, different resources and stuff. I find it, I'm not even going to say the program, but just programs that I'm a part of, I find it really funny how I learn about it last, but somehow you got white people that are on top of it. And mm. they've been knowing since they got here. Yes. But it's supposed to be a resource for me. I mean, yeah. But then they get in because it's like either low income or first generation. And then they say multicultural. Like, obviously, that's where I fit in. But, like, they squeeze into that resource. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Which mm-hmm. is, you know, they fit in. So, But it's like, but it was for me, though. Like, mm-hmm. the but person who's for us. Yeah, like. Can we have a space that is ours? resources that are just ours at the higher education level given title nine (laughs) right (laughs) like all these preventative legislation meant to help minorities and marginalized people and groups they protect everyone Mm -hmm. everyone so can we have a space besides this one (laughs) right and even this the whole entire season and everything is going to bring in some different kinds of people but is there a space that is just ours can we just claim resources do we have the ability and the level to do that for ourselves it's we we do that for ourselves but as was mentioned earlier, sometimes it's looked down upon. It's like, whoa, black people getting together there. What what are they doing? <laughs> you know? It's like, why are there so many? <laughs> like, I got fraternities and sororities. What are y'all doing? Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Before I even say this, like, you know, you know how there are things that the divine nine does that that are sacred to them, and if you're not in the divine nine, you don't do them. That's a respect thing. 
Mm-hmm. So there was like I was talking to um an older white woman um here on campus and uh she she works in over a program and we were talking and she, we were talking about connecting me with another student in this program. Mm-hmm. And it was it was really cool conversation was going well and she was asking she was like, Well do you know this student? Like she's she's in one of the sororities and I was like, mm-hmm. Is it the Divine Nine sorority? She was like, Yeah and I started naming it off and she was like, Well they do this thing and she did the oh, hand oh, sign. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> she did the hand sign at the sorority desk and I was like, No <laughs> It was like, Stop it <laughs> She went through, she like pulled her hands apart, she's like, Well what? I was like, You just I wouldn't want you dead in public. That's just disrespectful. So like, you you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And then she proceeded to do it again, not putting the hands together, but still putting up a similar symbol. She's like, well, it's it's this one. And I was like, I know what you're talking about. I know sorority. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was kind of that thing of like, even though I told you that's disrespectful in my culture, you still proceeded to try to do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, I said no. You saw how strong I li- I kid you not, I screamed. I was like, no! <laughs> like, stop it! No, we don't do that. <laughs> It, you it's, you saw how important it was to me, yeah. And you still proceeded to do it again. Mm-hmm. So it it just it's interesting. We we have to create those spaces for ourselves. You know, a position that I have on campus that will go unnamed, <laughs> where I I interact with a lot of students and I talk with them. And a common thing that comes up with students of color is they're tired. Mm-hmm. They're like, I have to defend myself all day. I have to I have to deal with ignorance all day. I have to I have to talk about why these things hurt me or why they're important to me all day long. I just want to talk to people who look like me and understand me. I don't have to explain and educate over and over again. The spaces and you know, it's so interesting because white people sometimes fear those spaces where only people of color are. And I'm like, you don't even realize sometimes it's not about you. It's not even most of the time. It's not even about you. Sometimes we just want to talk openly and freely with people who get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know how you start singing a song and other black people start singing the song and yeah. you feel sometimes when you're like, ah, oh, yes, they get it. You know, sometimes we just want that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We just want to sit there and be in that and just be. Yeah. Yeah. Do, you, do you think that you are being talked about as if you're a problem when you are a problem? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like, if somebody's calling somebody out for being homophobic and you feel attacked by it, that means you're homophobic. Yeah. Because if it had nothing to do with you, you wouldn't mm-hmm. care. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it wouldn't face you if you had nothing to do. And, and the, back to your question, like, do we have the right or, like, do we have, should we be able to create our own spaces? And not always, we don't have the means to do that. Like, we yeah. can't always do it. Just because we can doesn't mean we don't have the right to. And I think people that that are white feel that we don't have the right to create those spaces for ourselves. And they without them realizing that we're in their space, like this is the space that their forefathers created for us, for them. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. You are the, the grandbabies of, of the masses. <laughs> and this is your world for you. Why can't we have the right to create our own worlds without you involved in it? Mm-hmm. And so I do think we have the right to make those spaces, but most of the times we don't have the means to do it, or we don't think we have the means to do it. Black Wall Street was burned down. Yeah, we don't even have the. We don't <laughs> think we can, we have the capacity to do that, um, but we do, we do, um, and we have the right to do that, but we just don't all the time. We just don't. 
feel like it's hard to because, for example, I attend, I, you know, not like, I live in a space where there are a lot of students in the honors program, and all schools got honors program. Yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 okay. I live in a space where there are a lot of students from the honors program, and um, this kind of relates to back what we were talking uh, back to what we were talking about earlier, but um, about people trying to I guess relate to like the struggle or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I know what you was talking about. Yeah, I was gonna ask. Like for example, part of the honors program. You know, like part of the honors program is doing activities mm-hmm. that have to do partially with diversity and justice, I think. And it's very. Um, I compare it to like volunteerism in my head. Like you go and do this one experience, then you're done. You don't care about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Or um, I think, yeah. for example, I'm sorry if I played this room as part of um, this experience at the end of the year in which you have the rooms and then people go through the rooms and they experience different experiences. I don't want to name it by name. Yeah. Um, which is great. Yes. Which mm-hmm. is great for people to go through. But then a lot of people that can't relate to those struggles or aren't from a marginalized group go and they say, oh, that was sad, but I'm done. Mm-hmm. I don't care about that. I'm not going to do anything about it. And it's very like, I feel like a lot of white students, it's a very like volunteerism y thing with issues around marginalized groups. So that makes any sense. What's an example of what they did in the honors? <laughs> um, an example is, I'm trying to think, like going to, um, I think, like they go to different churches that are different from theirs. So mm-hmm. one, and the program tends to spring it on people um, mm-hmm. without any warning. So my friend that goes to a predominantly black church far away suddenly was just like, oh, hey, can you bring like 20 students with you and go so they can like experience like wow a different cultured church or like I go to the mosque and I remember the day of, they were like, so there's gonna be like 35 students. Could you like walk them over and just like, whoa, like answer their questions and stuff, all that stuff. Oh, wow. Like, oh. And it's a requirement, so it's not even like they actually care. Yes. Right, yeah. Wow. And that's not fair because it intrudes on your faith time. Exactly. Right? That's so Yeah, it's like the one time a week that I have to be around like my people and people mm-hmm. understand me and then all of a sudden there's all these people coming in and asking all these ignorant questions wow. that people should have a base level knowledge of. Right. Or just to go like and experience. Yeah. 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 yeah, like go see it and then come back and tell us to write a paper. Mm-hmm. Right. Give exactly. me three to five pages about yeah. how you went to the mosque. <laughs> like, like, just like that, do on Friday in APA. <laughs> but, uh, that is, or when people go to the shoot, I can't remember the names because I am blinking right now. The reveals the for the Divine Nine. Oh, oh yes, yeah, so when people go to those, yeah. and a lot of white students will go and be like, "Oh, that was so cool," and that's it. They don't care about the culture behind it. They don't care about the history behind it. It's just very like, oh, I saw them do a dance, and that's all. Mm-hmm. I wanted to hear your <laughs> thoughts on, and you may be privy to it or not, so stop me if I'm overexplaining. The Honors College did a, I was going to call it an experiment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what it, that's really what it seemed like to me. It was an experiment. I was, I was very confused, right? I was offended, and it wasn't even meant to offend me. 
So I wanted to know if you heard of said experiment. Yes, my freshman year of college, I was walking through the streets of our school and I saw some white girls, which I knew were not Muslim Mm -hmm. in any way, wearing head scarves, hijabs, the variation, all of it. And I was like, you were literally in the cap yesterday and you were not Muslim. So where did you come upon this idea to wrap your hair in that way? That's so interesting. Did you watch a YouTube video? I was very, you know, just trying to give people the benefit of the doubt. Like maybe she thinks it's cute. I didn't know. But it was people that I knew 100% were not affiliated or any way identified as Muslim. That's what I thought you were going to talk about. That's what I thought you were going to talk about. That's what I thought you were going to talk about. Um, And so I remember... Again, part of the group that I am a part of, the one of them was in out on the towers, and we were in a particular building, and we were discussing. I, I overheard a conversation of her explaining why she had worn the head wrap scarf hijab mm-hmm. style garments, and she was saying that it was part of the honors college. It was something that they had to do. Basically, they were given two or three situations to choose from and it could either be and they were like oppression simulations to like walk in somebody's shoes sort of thing and so she explained it as and we're doing this so that we can understand and live in the way that muslim women in the united states live and move and that was an assignment Mm. a requirement mm. and I mean a part of your graduation like mm. this is a part of this is an honors college just so just want to hear your thoughts um I feel like oh. <laughs> <laughs> um I feel like okay it's tough for me because I have had people for example not in the honors college but last year um people would come up to me and say like like I guess if it's not an assignment and people genuinely want to understand, there's a difference between experiencing what it's like to be Muslim and what it's like to be, for example, like of a different race. Like a white person could not ever experience being black, but because there are white presenting or white Muslims, like you kind of get the experience. So like, I remember that year, um, I wasn't here, but I heard all about it because a lot of the people in the Muslim Student Association were involved in um, that. Like this girl, um, was walking along the street and this is one of the reasons it got canceled is because somebody pulled up and yelled at her mm-hmm. yelled like islamophobic things at her and like that sucks but that's part of the experience but of course they don't want to experience that part right they just want to yeah. experience wearing the headscarf mm-hmm. and then when people use it as a fashion statement like um like that's the you know like when people get like the square handkerchiefs and they cut them kind of looks like an old woman but that's very like european and turkish but it's still muslim but it's like a fashion statement for people right so People only want the good parts and not the bad parts. And if you really want to experience it, then you're going to have to deal with the bad parts. I'm sorry, like, that sucks. But, like, you're going to have to deal with that. So it's definitely, and because headscarves are not a cultural thing, it's a religious thing, it's definitely not, like, as bad as it would be if they were to say, like, oh, wear, I don't know, like, clothes from indigenous people for a week. Like, that would have been terrible. But, like, Mm. um, I guess... It's just tough. Like, had it not been for an assignment, like, I've been kind of wanting to not redo that, but kind of, like, do a similar thing, but because people don't have the choice to choose to do it instead Mm -hmm. of, oh, it's for an assignment, I'm just doing it just because, and 
the reason I got canceled too is what makes me very upset is because the girl got yelled at and like there's a girl I know that smokes and she wears a headscarf every day and she get, she's got yelled at and nothing was done about that. Right. Um, um, and one of the reasons that. it got canceled is because a group of white men decided to say that's cultural appropriation. I don't <laughs> think that's okay for all these girls to just suddenly be wearing a hijab. And this happens a lot also in the black community that um, well I mean Kind of, but not really. But um, they said, you know, like, oh, this is cultural appropriation. We're going to tell you what we think is wrong, even though we say, like, no, this is fine, or we're approving of it, or um, you're wrong about this. The Honors College still said, well, we're going to side with them and just, like, we're never going to have an experience with this again. So even though it might have been the wrong way to go about people experiencing it, it was still, like, the closest people would have gotten. So I'm kind of torn between, like, it was kind of not a good thing to do, but then it was also, like, kind of a good thing because then people kind of understood. It's tough. I don't even know anymore. There's a lot of people trying to define what other, someone else's culture Mm -hmm. and, like, Mm -hmm. other people are appropriating our culture that does, like, they don't belong to. Um, And it's very hard to, like, think about that because, like, when I first heard about that, my freshman year, I was just like, no, like, what? Like, but I'm like, and I also have to check myself, like, I'm not Muslim. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't say that that's not, there are people mm-hmm. that can, mm-hmm. and I'm not that person. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. you know, I don't personally agree with it, but my opinion doesn't matter because it has nothing to do with me. Um, and I think I, I felt so closely towards that because my father is Muslim, and I... Was yeah, <laughs> yeah. My father's Muslim, and I'm, and it's like no, like this is his culture. This is my stepmother's culture. That like these are my siblings' culture. Mm-hmm. Like you can't do that. But it's just like this is not me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's a lot of that. Like who can say what? Who can cancel? Who who can do mm-hmm. that? And it's like if you have no ties to that, then I can't. You know. Mm-hmm. So in regards to that, I was just like you know, that's not my fight to fight. Now, how do we translate that? So that's a point, and I respect it, and I agree mm-hmm. with it, because there are times where I just take myself out of conversation because I'm not the person to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in situations where we are not present, what are white people supposed to say? That's not there. True. You, know, you know what I mean? Like, where's the level, where's the, the balance? Mm-hmm. Because... It's important to me that when I'm not around, if you're somebody that I consider an ally or, right, if you're somebody that I consider an ally or that I've trusted with my story and position as a black woman and that right. I, I trust you in my spaces, mm-hmm. I expect that when I'm not around, mm-hmm. you keep that same energy <laughs> for that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, keep that same, you tell anything. your daddy not to say it, yeah. you check the people, you do blah, 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 True. and you're not speaking for me. Right. You're speaking with me True. Yeah. because you know that that's something that I care about. If you mm-hmm. care about me, you're going to have to care about that. Mm-hmm. When it comes to this situation, and even like when I inherently remove myself, what is our role as allies to other people? Kind of going back to what we started talking mm-hmm. about and speaking up. I expect white people to go home and speak up. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say something to that girl in the training room. But I didn't. I wanted to say something and I stopped myself because of the nuances. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Because I was like, well, I'm not. And if they ask me what I can know about it, I don't know a whole lot. I just know that's wrong. Yeah. Damn it. Like, I was like, I just know that you're not supposed yeah. to do that. Or I feel some type of way. From what you've told us, right. your interpretation of it is in a space of, of an educational opportunity. Right. That it's not the best, but it's not something that you would have been completely opposed to had it been done differently. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So that the idea is somewhat okay for you and it's a, a part of your community or whoever you've spoken to about this. I wouldn't have been able to gauge that. Right. I'm going off. Yeah. (laughs) I am going off. What do you mean? Because you don't know. You don't know what they Mm -hmm. go through, but I don't even know what they go through. I just know that we going through it. (laughs) 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 I know that we are going through it. So I challenge Mm -hmm. myself when I'm trying to hold people accountable again, going back to that. Like, what do I feel in that that point of compassion? That little bitty bloop (laughs) that I can give. Where do I step in? Am I speaking for communities that I don't know anything about, that I don't identify with personally? And is it my space to speak for them? When there's a mantra like, let us speak for ourselves. Uh, well, I was going to say, I think it's like, it goes back to what Kelly was talking about earlier. And like in this specific situation, it's a very gray area for me. And I do feel like, yeah, you can get the experience of wearing a headscarf, but you can't get the experience of being a Muslim. Mm-hmm. Because nobody in that activity prayed, dressed the right way, didn't go out and drink or smoke or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't actually do the things Muslims are supposed to do. They just wore a headscarf, which is all they did. Mm-hmm. They got the experience of wearing a scarf on their head. They didn't get any of the other parts, um, which you could literally do on your own at any time. Yeah. But um, I think it goes back to what Kelly was saying earlier. Like, to know, like, when to speak up for other groups when they aren't present, like, you just have to listen. Like just listen to what people say and I guess what they want. Um, like if people want people in their space and helping them and being allies, like it's a matter of belief. If they say, oh, we don't want you here, then don't be there. Like mm-hmm. mark them that group. It's just listening. Yeah. I'll say like, like Feminista was saying, be a good person, you know, at the, at the same time, know your shit. Like, if you know you're going to um, speak up or have a voice for a minority group, whatever it may be, or a marginalized group, like, know your facts. Like, know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like, you know when you hear off the wall shit. You get what I'm saying? Or you know when you hear something that's not right. Mm-hmm. So, at that point, like Feminista said, like be a good person. Well, that can be hard. Especially, it can definitely be hard, especially like first generation college student. I'm going to college. I'm being liberated, learning all this new stuff, and then going home, try to teach my people, and they're like, "What? You know, like, okay, you just got all educated and stuff. Mm-hmm. This was okay." Before right. you got to college, so why is it not okay now? Yeah. <laughs> like, who do you think you are? Yeah, yeah. Um, we've been talking like this, living like this, thinking like this, but you was even born, yeah. right? Yeah. And also having a level of respect of like you're older than me, so let I have to keep that hierarchy. Older people. Yeah. It's like something has that because like just because you're old doesn't mean you're wise. Yeah. And I've definitely been told that like over winter, winter, spring, spring break, I went to Florida um, with my dad and we went 
brought up with my great grandfather, who's literally like the most racist, sexist, homophobic person I've ever met in my whole entire life. But um, he, like, I remember it was like his birthday, so we tried to go to like his favorite Chinese restaurant, and it was filled with like presumably Hispanic construction workers, and I can't even remember what he said, but it was something so racist. I literally like yelled at him, and he's like, "I'm older than you. You shouldn't talk to me that way." Blah blah blah. I'm like, "Okay, but honestly, like, I don't give a fuck right now. You're a racist old man. Like, I don't need to talk nice to you." But then it's tough. Because then my dad yelled at me later, and I was like, I don't know what to do. How yeah. can I like yeah. correct this old man and be yeah. respectful when he won't even listen to me if I don't yell? Right, right. Yeah. This must definitely uh, a hierarchy thing. Um, I was reading a book. Um, this <laughs> must definitely this hierarchy thing, which like um, kids always um, or children listen to the parents and whatnot and the elders and. It was interesting because they mentioned that um, everyone is someone's children or someone's child. Mm-hmm. And then we always talk about human rights, but we never talk about children rights. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That, like, children have rights, too. Outside mm-hmm. of, like, food and shelter. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. like, you know, there's still children still have opinions and that we still have, you know. We can't be right, you know. Yeah. So like, what we're presenting in like languages in which we're trying to change back at our, back at home for us. Um, Arguing tradition is a fallacy. Like mm-hmm. just because you've always done it this way doesn't mean that it's the right way. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially in the like black community, and my mm-hmm. father's also African in the African community. Um, there is like you don't do that like you don't talk back like there is no yeah. and that's just in our community in general like age is the power and yeah. you don't talk back to the people that are spoon feeding you like are giving you are providing you and yeah. I do yeah. think there is no in in our community I think alone it's like there's no value in a child's opinion thought process or anything until they reach a certain age mm-hmm. of like oh you are doing this so you must be and it's like, no, I could still be like a child and still have a brain <laughs> and yeah. still know that that's not right and still have experiences that you you don't have because you're not me, mm-hmm. even though you've experienced yeah. things longer. You're not me, so you have not my experiences yeah. to learn from. Yeah, age. A lot of the revolutions that have happened in America were led by people like us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the children's marches and like even like, it's like, yo. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was young people. And then, <laughs> um, the whites continue to look down on us. Like, y'all was once young. Yeah. Y'all were once young. I think it also comes from a place of fear. Yeah. It's like, our, our parents, grandparents, guardians, whomever, I, I see the love our community has for their youth. And it is, it is so beautiful that love can also, it can, it can, al- it can also be like strangled. Yeah. It yeah. can also be suffocating. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, well, I, I need to do something. I need to say something. This is, this is what I think. This is what I feel. Like, let's have a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like moving from that place where like, you don't talk back to let's have a conversation. Let's talk about it at least. And that that's that is very difficult for older black people, in yeah. my opinion. From my experiences. It is. Well, 
I think this is a perfect place to stop. Mm-hmm. We've talked yeah. a lot. <laughs> we had a lot of good information. We're veering a little bit off into <laughs> age, which is another episode. So, I would like to sign off. We don't really have a signature yet. So, mm-hmm. just thanks for listening to whoever's listening. We'll be listening. And if everybody wants to say bye. Mm-hmm. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>